Welcome back. This is the Holistic OBGYN. I'm Nathan Riley. And this is episode, gosh, what episode is it? 21. We're really climbing up there now. I am, um, before I get started, I got to give my disclaimer. This is edutainment. This is not medical advice. Do not take anything from this podcast as medical advice. This is just a conversation between two lovely people, especially me, but I guess I could say the same for my guest today, Natasha Kingsbury. Uh, she has a husband who's very famous in the podcasting world, Kyle Kingsbury, and I had the pleasure of visiting them in Austin recently, and Tasha and I hit it off so well. She's definitely a kindred spirit. She's an artist. She's a former model, UFC ring girl. That's how she met Kyle. In between her and Kyle, they might just take over the world. They were a power duo in every sense of the world, especially from a spiritual standpoint. They're both strong, conscious parents, know what they want from life, They've gone through the tribulations of, of being a partnership, but also of being parents together. And they've been through many medicine ceremonies, and Tosh even describes life itself and the tribulations of life as ceremony, which I find so lovely. So she and I connected very deeply, and I have a feeling that she and I are going to be good friends for a long time. So without further ado, I'm just going just gonna to roll right into it. Enjoy my conversation with Natasha Kingsbury. Hi, Tosh. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. This is the Holistic OBGYN, and uh, we are fairly new sort of in the podcast world, but I am lucky enough to have a lot of cool friends in this space, and you're a relatively new friend, but I feel a, a certain kinship with you and with Kyle, and um, and uh, I'm super stoked to get into some of these topics. You and I have have already talked quite a bit, even in one day when I visited you guys in Austin. And uh, I knew right away, like, this is a voice that people need to hear from. Like, you you have a lot of wisdom to share. And so I'm very grateful for you uh, for having taken some time out of your day. Thank you so much. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. It, it definitely was uh, the conversation just, there was so much. We just kept going, going, going. And yeah, uh, it felt familiar. It felt like We'd been friends for a long time, yeah, so yeah, yeah totally. I'm super super honored to be on. Thank you. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, of the topics that we've covered, you know, it's pretty wide ranging, but so many things that I feel like you're, you know, nobody's a real expert in anything, in in in, in the sense that they don't like nobody stops learning. But what I love about you is that you take these things and you're like, okay, I'm gonna put a pin in that because that sounds a little cheesy. But then you're willing to go back to it and say, holy crap, that's actually something that needs to be looked at, you know? And, you know, we've talked about the deep state and I know Kyle and I have gone a little further in that direction. And, <laughs> and you even were like, you know, this is not for me. And now that the world is where it's at, it's like, gosh, there is something to this. And you could say that about any of the topics we're going to cover today. We're going to go through psychedelics and polyamory and Gosh, you're like an amazing cook. You cooked for me for that day, and um, I'm about to use some of your recipes. I just got all my ingredients for the for the chocolate, the keto chocolate mousse. And um, so, anyways, let's just dive right in. Um, <laughs> you are super experienced with psychedelics. You've used them for a variety of reasons. You're currently using some microdosing now, and uh, you seem like a pretty firm believer in these technologies as a way of reconnecting with one another, reconnecting with nature. So let's start with that. You know, tell me about your journey with psychedelics. 
when did you start using them? And then, uh, and, and where are you at now in your understanding of how these things are helpful? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think my story is the norm. Um, I grew up in a very religious home and was very religious myself up and up through college. Um, and because of that, I, it was very like no drugs, no alcohol. Like I was, I never drank. I never, you know, smoked weed, a cigarette, none of it. Uh, but even in college, um, I had had friends tell me, like all I heard about mushrooms were like horror stories, just absolutely like horrific. But for some reason it was still like, oh, I don't know. It still sounds really, it was the one out of all the ones that I, like everything that I'd heard, even like drunk stories that I was just like, there was an interest in mushrooms. Um, but I still just didn't think like it would ever happen. Um, flash forward to I'm with Kyle and, uh, you know, the man had literally done everything <laughs> and hearing his stories, it was even like, wow, he's done it yeah. orally, he's but done it was it rectally, he's done, he's done yeah, it yeah. But it was also just in this like party setting yeah. and I was, I was always very mindful. I lost my father to suicide. And so I was always very mindful of, um, taking things that could potentially get me addicted or make me. Um, it's kind of funny now, but there was a lot of like fear around opening myself up to sadness. Um, and so I just avoided them because it was like, it, to me, it was escaping. It always sounded like people escaping. Um, but he would do a mushroom ceremony. Uh, sometimes it didn't include mushrooms, but he would always do like a Temescal, the sweat lodge to start his fight camps. And um, he invited me to one, um, and they were going to use mushrooms for it. And I remember I was like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, you don't even have to do the mushrooms. You can just come and do the sweat. Um, it's very, like, ceremonial. It's not a party. Um, and then I just started asking a lot of questions about mushrooms. I just wanted to know kind of what it would be like, what it would feel like. And because he'd had a lot of experience, he could give me, like, a basic idea. Um and so I agreed to do it, and I was super nervous. But I remember the whole way I was still praying to, like, Bible God. Um, <laughs> Bi like, I'm Bible doing God, this. Right <laughs> I'm like, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this, but I'm not doing this in, like, a disrespectful way. I'm doing it to heal, to be closer to you. So I had, like, a whole prayer um, going into it. And then he brought an ounce. Tashi said to be closer to you. Are you referring to God? To God. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Like that at the time it was like, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not trying to like, you know, open up to demons. Like all the things that like my mom would always tell me is like, you open a portal and you get, you know, possessed by Entities. demons and yeah, yeah. yeah uh, which can Absolutely, happen yeah. definitely. Um, and so Kyle was bringing the mushrooms. He brought an ounce and there were supposed to be quite a few other people there for us to all split it. And, uh, we got there and everybody else canceled. So it was me, Kyle, and the uh, shaman, Huitzi. And so he gave the ounce to Huitzi and was like, so you can, you know, give us what you think we should have, what you, you know, spirit tells you to give us, and then you can keep the rest as a gift. And at this time, I had no idea the difference between an ounce and a gram. Like I, I couldn't tell you, you know, right. what one mushroom could potentially hold. Uh, it, 
completely like just there in full trust of Kyle and what he was going to uh, agree upon my behalf. Um, and uh, so Huizi basically laid the entire bag into piles. And this is like old school where it was like full-blown mushrooms. You weren't grinding them yeah, up yeah, and yeah. drinking them in like a tea where it was like, this isn't horrible. Just um, chew them up until they're gone. <laughs> chew them up. And I remember about halfway through the pile and he ate, Huizi himself ate like three caps. That's just to give you an idea of how much. So it ended up being like 14 grams each for my first oh experience my with like anything. Um, but I remember chewing and it was like halfway through and I was like, this seems like a lot. Like I looked at Kyle and he's like, oh no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> and like he said later Sean on the inside, he was like, oh fine. no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's no mistakes. Like it was really, you know, we went in the Temescal. We were probably in there without coming out or getting fresh air for a good 45 minutes. Um, wow. And it was an incredibly powerful um, experience. And a lot of it had to do with me just f realizing how much joy I did have in me because I was always a happy person, but there was always this fear, which is why I never dabbled with anything that there was like a deep inner sadness or mm. anger or pain or whatever. Um, and through this experience, it was just like, no, I'm a happy person. Like mm. through everything that I've been through, I'm a happy person. And I can, you know, once we came out, we were on a native reservation. And so there was nothing, there was no lights, no cars. And there were foxes walking around with me, like legit foxes. Oh and I, at first I was like, am I seeing things? And they were like, no, there's, they're following you. Um, so that was my first experience and it was really beautiful. And then we heard about ayahuasca and, uh, you know, in reading about it and we had a friend that told us about it and Kyle was, of course, you know, he's like, yes, everything <laughs> is like, yes, I, you know, and I'm reading, I'm like puking and pooping and all like, that sounds awful. Like, <laughs> I don't, like you, you haven't even done it. So why don't you go do it first and then we'll see if I, if I'm going to do it. And it was a deeply profound, the most deep, you know, uh, powerful experience that he had had thus far. And who he came back to me as was like, sign me up. Like I didn't even need anything else. And so then, so I did mushrooms first, then ayahuasca. Um, and then I tried weed for the first time. And it was... It was, you know, in, in the right amount. It can be and fun. And after but, that, did um, you have a Bud Light? The Bud Light was the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a tequila girl if okay. I'm going to have one. But even then, even still, it's... Uh, I like to feel good after yeah. I do things. I don't like... Like, I'm too old to be feeling like crap. I'm a mom of two, so... Eh, yeah. We'll just yeah. skip all that. Yeah. But, um, it, you know, it, every ceremony... I've done about 18 ayahuasca ceremonies, and I can't even tell you how many mushroom ceremonies... Um, and every single one is different and, uh, it has changed my life. It has changed my, um, relationships with my mother and my siblings and just how I, um, move through life and even how I parent. Um, you know, I haven't, uh, gotten to do anything, um, heavy duty for about two years now because I got pregnant with Wolf and, even though I'm okay with doing certain, you know, plants, I, I stick to the plants, I stick to the natural stuff when I'm um, pregnant. But um, yeah, I, I feel, I feel the calling, I feel ready to, mm. to dive deep. I just saw your little dog. Oh, yeah, um, Charlie, she was just sniffing around. <laughs> <laughs> it was all little. Deet, deet. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, the history, the background of, of, of all that. And, um, did you, uh, if I recall, you also went into ceremony with Wolfie, right? When you were pregnant with Wolfie, is that true? So I never, uh, so originally we had plans on, um, there was a circle of the different shamans that we like that were going to do a Wachuma ceremony. Um, and then COVID and quarantine happened. And so they were not able to come. Um, but I did do mushrooms. So it was very important to me that, you know, both children, because Bear, I did, um, I did a ayahuasca in my second trimester and mushrooms many times and uh it was important to me and I I definitely checked in with spirit and and when and all those things Mm -hmm. and it was like a resounding yes this this medicine is um is going to be a part of their DNA it's going to be a part of who they are and especially because both of these medicines you know ayahuasca and psilocybin um were both plants that told us that bear was coming first and then wolf was coming. Wow. Uh, and like, you know, I remember laying in my womb facing bear and seeing his face, which is his face now. Like I saw him before he was born, which was incredibly powerful and is the constant reminder to myself when it's really hard on a soul level, we chose each other. There is no mistakes in, and the lessons I am getting the growth that I am getting from him uh, is because I need it, is because we, we agreed to this. And, um, and man, it can be really hard. And you go, yeah, and, and <laughs> what, are, what am I doing? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, this, this idea, since the 60s, of course, there's been this stigmatization and demonization of drugs, right? And, yeah, there's a lot of, like, cocaine's not a drug I use. Uh, uh, methamphetamines, no thank you. Um, even alcohol, like I don't drink a lot of alcohol. Like I'll have a glass of wine once mm-hmm. in a while. Um, and you know, cigarettes with all this like sugar and toxic crap that's mixed into like an otherwise very ceremonial, very ancient ceremonial plant, tobacco. You know, like we've kind of bastardized a lot of these things, and we've lumped into that LSD and ayahuasca and all these other magical things that provide a sort of uh you know it's like pulling the curtain back on the wizard of oz you get to kind of see what's going on behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. a part of what's going on behind the scenes is spirit is god capital g-o-d and and connecting with that is is a is a life enhancing experience it doesn't it's not detrimental to the experience of being here in the earthly realm and even in pregnancy there are you know, there's a number of tribes in South America, particularly the Shipibo and some other smaller tribes that have made ayahuasca in particular, which is made of a root and a plant, both found in, in the jungle, um, very far apart from one another, interestingly. And the, their connection with nature has helped them procure these ingredients in order to make this, this tea, you know, and mm-hmm. even women in labor throughout their pregnancy are using ayahuasca because it connects them and thus their fetuses the soon-to-be babies emerging it connects their souls with the soul of gaia of of mother earth and without that connection they don't really have a place here you know like their place is in the jungle among the jungle they are the jungle and ayahuasca helps bridge that gap in ways that 
you know, just reading some textbooks on botany or whatever isn't going to do it. You know, it's just not going to work. So even in labor, I have a midwife who works down in a, um, she works in a very remote village somewhere in, in Brazil. I'm going to have her on my podcast at some point. Her name is Julie Anderson. And she, uh, she's like, yeah, these women are dipping their finger in ayahuasca and just every couple minutes like it's a part of what you do that would be incredible I, know. I, I imagine yeah that too. would be I remember thinking that after I had bear even before I had bear um I remember hearing that there you know in some tribes they would drink it mm-hmm. to actually induce pregnancy mm-hmm. and that's what the shaman that we worked with when I drank the medicine pregnant she said you're fine the second trimester but third trimester um, it's not a good idea because it can actually induce pregnancy and some tribes do it you, you, like, you mean that labor be... right like Cause you to go into yeah, creature yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, um, but I remember thinking, like, how amazing that would be, <laughs> um, to be connected in that way to source, yeah, while you're, you know, yeah. just doing one of the most magical spiritual things, right, that you'll ever do, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and uh, and and I'll I'll add to that that they also will be giving the babies. They'll dip their finger in the ayahuasca and right to the baby. We did over that and over again. Oh, good. <laughs> See, like, with bear. Really? Yeah. Oh, if, if there was a, if there could have been a poster child photo for ayahuasca, the taste of ayahuasca, it would have been that little tiny finger dab, and his face was, <laughs> you know, it was Pretty yeah, well. but yeah. So it, it's um it's in him. He's a part of he's a part of that medicine, and it's uh, you know I don't know about I don't I don't know how I'd feel about psilocybin in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, that mostly because psilocybin has become my hardest teacher mm-hmm. as of late. Mm-hmm. It is definitely one that um, I do not do to like. Oh, we're all hanging out and gonna have a little microdose, or like I don't even micro like. Micro, micro, what I'm doing right now sure, is sure, perfect. Sure. Um, it's giving me the introspection and all of that. But um, anything higher than probably what I'm on, yeah. <laughs> it, it becomes some some hard work. It's funny how that works, right? Like some people have a really hard time with cannabis in the same way. They're like, cannabis just breaks me down. You know, it opens me mm. up in ways that I can't, I can't smoke it at the dinner table at, after dinner with friends. Like cannabis is a smoke it and lay down and just see what happens. In some ways, that's actually how it works for me, which people are like passing around this pipe and they're like smoking weed all night. And I have, if I have one hit, I'm like, sometimes I'm off in outer space and it's, you know, it's not the same for me necessarily with, you know, other, other substances, but for you, your, your greatest teacher is psilocybin. It's the most confronting. I, I just wonder what mm-hmm. energetically, what is that? Like why psilocybin? It's, uh, it's, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, it is really interesting because it, it, it was for the longest time, um, like I had some ceremonies with Aya that were really hard, mm-hmm. but for the most part out of the 18 I've done, maybe two, I left being like, whoo, that kicked my butt. Majority of them have just been a reconnecting me to source and the land and nature and just um, that motherly, you mm-hmm. know, experience um mushrooms have been like the the alien (laughs) thing coming in that's like let me like like twist and morph things and um just fuck with your mind a little and then you're really 
uh, and, and typically like my intention, like I remember there was a time Kyle and I, um, had put Bear to bed. He was young. It was when we lived, uh, before we moved to Austin. And I remember being like, let's just do like some mushrooms tonight and just like have fun and be goofy. I want to just like have some fun and play and, and, uh, let's do some mushrooms when we do it. And it was like, I remember we were laying in bed, it was completely dark and we were waiting for them to kick in and they had been kicking in for a while and it just started going really mm -hmm. dark for me. And I remember like being like, no. And I looked over at Kyle and he was laying in bed just like, <laughs> <laughs> just like moving this like beautiful rainbow energy or something. And, uh, and I was like, I'm not having any fun. And he's like, oh no, you don't feel them. I'm like, oh no, I feel them. This is just not fun. Mm. And, uh, and he, and, it, and then, you know, in our relationship, we've taken turns and being like, oh no, then I'm going to hold space. You're not going to, we're not going to change yeah. the setting. Yeah. We're not going to change anything. We're just going to, we're going yeah. in and I'm here for you. And so it ended up being, um, really, 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 uh, powerful mm. and healing and, covered a lot with my childhood and that was kind of the one that kick-started the really hard ceremonies and then I realized um we had gone to a concert with Aubrey and them and we did a really like a super micro of mushrooms and it was at this concert that I was like nope <laughs> this is <laughs> nope. not gonna happen no, it's yeah. taking it's taking me back like so I I just need to this is a home in my space mm -hmm. in a very controlled set and setting um, and probably will stay that way forever. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who have done like mushrooms or LSD or whatever, and, uh, they'll do it at like Burning Man for the first time. And I'm like, nope, that was a mistake. That's, that's not, not riding your bike out in the middle of the desert with, with like hundred mile an hour sandstorms and like people who look <laughs> like the Mad Hatter riding past you. Like, uh huh. That's probably yeah, your first no. your first initiation into the world of psychedelics. I mean, a lot of people yeah. do get introduced. In fact, I think our first initiation was there. But we like, as soon as it started kicking in, I was like, Stephanie, you're depixelating. And she was like, don't tell me that. So we rushed back to the yurt <laughs> and we laid there and had this like, it like it was like a chapel of lights inside this yurt. It's a crappy styrofoam mm. yurt thing, you know, that you see at Burning Man. <laughs> and the light, and there was like scripture running down the walls, like like bleeding down the walls. It was like, what is going mm. on? I like reconnected with my father. It had to, and he mm. passed away when I was in medical school, but we had to just lay on the floor and just let it ride. And she looked over at me one time and, and we're like, she, she said, you're the most beautiful person that's ever been born. <laughs> I was Aww. like, this is, this is what I was sort of hoping. But even Stephanie does have yeah. a little <laughs> bit of a hard time with mushrooms. Like psilocybin takes her on a, on a bit of a rough ride. And um, although she hasn't done ayahuasca, I mean, maybe she's like you. You guys do kind of remind me of one another. So mm. anyways, you know, you, 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 you described a lot of the, the sort of, pain and some, some of the trauma that you know that that you went through as a younger person and you're with Kyle Kyle Kingsbury who um I don't think anybody listening here will be a stranger to who he is um super you know he was a fighter he went into he, he's now very I'd say more spiritual than than most people and um you guys also have an interesting dynamic in your household you guys have experiment with, experimented with polyamory and even your daughter has a different father. And so mm -hmm. I know that you guys have both shared a little bit about the journey of, 
of kind of reconciling what this means and what this dynamic looks like. And I'm curious if you could maybe share, you know, you're a very strong woman, Tosh. And I don't, I think that people probably would never even guess that just based on how, um, you're, you're soft-spoken, you're, you don't try to take up a lot of space, you don't try to be the life of the party, but you have this powerful um, divinity to you. There's a strong feminine quality that kind of, I think when people are around you, I, I, if, I, if I were to guess, because this was my experience with you, it was sort of like, whoa, put on the brakes here, like heed to this <laughs> energy. And I'm uh, normally when people talk about polyamory, it's usually a man who has two women in his life. That's the standard, right? Mm -hmm. In your case, it's a woman with two men in her life. And I know that the father of Wolfie is, is not a part of your relationship now, but could you maybe just talk about how you were able to use some of your past experiences um, and your perhaps even more recent experiences with some of these medicines and some of the sort of trauma releasing work that you've done as a means of trying to get you through what I imagine would be one of the hardest things that any partnership could ever go through? Yeah, well, I mean, polyamory in itself is is a ceremony, mm -hmm. um, and uh, man, it 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 moved like a ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> you had extreme highs and extreme lows, um, and then you know, growth for everybody. Uh, it it was really um, pitched by Kyle, and I was incredibly. Uh, not on board, if I can say in the beginning Maybe at that's all. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, he, you know, he'd read Sex at Dawn and and um, was, you know, friends with Aubrey, and Aubrey was, you know, very openly mm -hmm. um, open, not polyamorous, but um, open, and uh, I'm I'm definitely open to trying anything and it, it wasn't even though it was like really hard and there was a lot of like self-worth stuff that came up for me um I saw that as being the medicine mm. is it bringing forth um my realization of how it, it shouldn't matter what he does it shouldn't matter if we weren't together that I can be happy mm. and, you know, stable, grounded, all of these things, um, and feel worthy just regardless. Mm. Um, and also the, the feeling, you know, like when you do ceremonies, there's this, um, deep understanding that, we, or just, it, it's personal for everybody, but some, you know, I think a lot of the people that we know, um, have a similar belief in that, we don't feel like this is it. This life is it. Mm. That there's, you know, there's, there's more that maybe we've lived past lives and that maybe there's more to mm. come. Um, but in this particular life experience, you know, the, the, the idea that I would control Kyle's experience in this life, uh, that didn't feel good when I thought about it that way. Like if his heart and his want, and his, even if it's just a lusty want, I want him to have every experience that he wants to have. And so even in, even though initially when we started, he was the only one that had a partner, um, 
because I'm really picky <laughs> and I had Kyle and I was completely um, still enamored and satisfied and, and had eyes only for him. Um, it, it, it was, it was big. It was important to me that he got to experience all the things that he, that he wanted to experience, um, and trust and know that no matter what we would be old people together and maybe old people together that had other old people hanging out, you know, like, I don't know. I didn't know like that far in the future, but at least for the time being, um, I was okay with it. And, um, and it was really hard, but it was also, uh, really beautiful to see how I could, um, how I could overcome different obstacles and, and, um, things that came up. And then once it became really obvious that this would kind of be easier if I had like a guy I could go on a date with and it wouldn't be, feel so, um, it was just, you know, and Kyle was very encouraging. I remember we'd be like laying in bed and he'd be like, so let's manifest the perfect boyfriend for you. Like, let's just like, like list some things that are important that you would want in like a boyfriend. And, you know, like, so we, he was like, we were very supportive and very, um, it wasn't like a, I don't want to hear about it. I like, we very much both wanted to, uh, polyamory is more than one love. So it wasn't, we didn't want the open thing where it's just, you can hook up with whoever you want, whenever you want. That didn't feel safe. That didn't feel clean. Um, Mm. and the idea of like tribe, like, what are we, what are we looking for? We're parents, you know, we had bear and it was like, we, we need whoever is a part of our energy field and in our, in our lives to be people that, um, bring that tribe mentality. Um, Mm. and so Christian was, uh, I was just really drawn to him for some reason. And I mean, he's, he's, his medicine is play. Like he's a very playful, lighthearted. I don't know anybody that's met him that would be like, that guy's, you know, he takes himself too serious. Like he's just, he's very playful and he connected with Bear right away. Um, and it, you know, the, the ceremony of that is, um, the, the truly the belief that there are no mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, like we, it got really, really difficult. Um, I think, uh, I don't think that there was a mistake in, in dating him and him being a part of our family, the way that he was, you know, and still is in many ways. Um, because we're, we've all grown a lot from it and, mm-hmm. I think at a certain point, it just became very obvious. And then I think, I know, at a certain point, it became very obvious that what what we had to offer him was had reached its max mm-hmm. as far as what our role in, in his growth, it reached its max and that it was really time for somebody else to, for him to grow and continue with somebody else. Um, a lot of there was for me being 36 and a married woman and, you know, uh, knowing 
This guy is going to want to get married. He's going to want a wedding. He's going to want to have these types of experiences with a partner. And I, I knew if, um, if I was to stay in that relationship that it would really rob him of that mm-hmm. because he was very invested in just me and it was beautiful and we really had a great dynamic. Um, but it definitely came to a point where uh, it needed it needed to just evolve yeah. in a different yeah. way. Yeah. And Wolfie was already on the way at that point and it was unclear whose it was. And even that was a huge ceremony for me in that realization of, wow, I don't know whose it is. And that's terrifying because I already knew that that relationship was coming to an end in that way, in the romantic way. Um, And so really trusting Mm. um, that that decision was going to not blow up in flames where it was just, you know, like it, it still hurt. There was still, there's still a lot of hurt on his end. Um, because even though I knew it was coming, he did not. And, um, uh, one of the most fascinating things about this has been that, um, and I was really careful. So I, I want everyone to know that I was really careful. It just so happened that, um, that she she just she chose to come the way that she she came and there are zero mistakes in that and then it wasn't until later that uh, I remember Kyle's ceremony um, uh, a ceremony that we did with uh, um, some mutual friends that you and I yeah. know yeah. and um, in that ceremony and this is before Christian was even in the picture this is before we were even open this is actually when Kyle got the the download that we should start open and it shouldn't be when our kids were older. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did not get the same message that day, but (laughs) (laughs) I got it later on. But anyways, in that messaging. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Kyle even asked that. He was like, is Tosh getting this right now? And it was like, no, she's not. (laughs) Um, But in the ceremony, Kyle had visions of Wolf and he had visions of Wolf as a brunette with brown eyes. Oh, and he has blue and, eyes. You have blue eyes too. Yeah, I have oh. blue eyes. Kyle has blue eyes. Bear has blue eyes. Um, there's no one in my family or his family that has brown eyes. Oh, my. Um, it's, always, it's like green or blue. Uh, and so, you know, her being born, it was like, well, yeah. Yeah, okay, this, this makes a lot of sense. And she's a both her and bear. Um, but she's, she is a powerful, like her level of awareness out the gate. And even still, like I just can't, const- I have people constantly telling me like, how old is she? <laughs> like she's, she literally, I could tell you, she knows everything that I'm saying verbatim. Like I can just like, without pointing, I can say, Wolfie, can you, you know, blah, 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 do this or do that. Or and then she she'll go Peter wherever it is, and, and she green marker, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like and the, like stuff that it's not like I'm sitting there going green, <laughs> blue, like I'm not, I don't have the flashcards. Like she's, and then just emotionally, her her level of like and being in touch with her, with emotions. You know, if Bear's upset, if if anyone is upset, she's mm. she's there, just she comes in and she's like the little ball of love and and. It, it's there's like 
I have nothing but gratitude for all the hard parts about it um, and the times that it's really frustrating and hard and confusing, like, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's a ceremony, and it's a ceremony that is continuing. It might be a ceremony that we have for the rest of our lives, um, but, um, you know, and just I'm not going to speak on behalf of Christian. The only thing I'll say from my own um, perspective in viewing him right now is his leveling up, his um, drive, his growth, like it is, it has been insane since her arrival and, and us uh, ending that chapter, ending that romantic relationship. It has not been very, it's been like a year and to see, to see who he was when he was with us to who he is now a year later, it's like that the, the messages, it's like, so like the medicine, even though I haven't been doing like ceremonies, if I've been looking at all of this as a ceremony, the medicine has been trust, trust the intuition, mm -hmm. trust because of how hard it was being like, I feel like a dick breaking up with him, ending a romantic relationship while I'm holding this brown haired, brown eyed girl. And it wasn't us being like, you're out, you're out forever, you know, even though in anger, there were times that I was really ugly and said horrible things to out of my own pain from the situation. But um, it's, it's been amazing. It's been, it's been challenging, but it's more than that. It's been really beautiful. And the, the, the great reminder that I have that voice, I have that connection to source that's always talking mm -hmm. to me. And when I really, truly feel it. That's not the time to question it and fight it and argue it because like a year later, boom, mm -hmm. like this wouldn't have mm -hmm. happened if, um, if I hadn't listened and viewed it like a ceremony. So, um, that's kind of my long answer, I guess. No, it's amazing. <laughs> and, and you know, for everybody listening, yes, the name of the show is the holistic OBGYN, but I think that, uh, the reason that I wanted to have you on Tosh and, <clears throat> and more people like you is that we all think that taking care of a woman, like, you know, people think OBGYN, he's a vagina doctor or he attends births or whatever else. <laughs> well, even in my own experience with birth, I was a young cavalier. Uh, you know, I could go to the gym for a couple hours a day. I can do all of that stuff. And then as soon as the baby comes, of course, there's a transformation. And one of the best pieces of advice that I share all the time is, a good midwife friend of mine said, hey, I know that you are thinking a lot about the birth and I hope you continue to do so. But what happens after the birth? And mm. that's where the hard work comes from. It's sort of like Shavasana and yoga, right? Like the hard work of yoga, yeah, like stretching and moving and, and blah, 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 like it's an hour. And then at the end, you do like a minute or 90 seconds of Shavasana. You lay there motionless and that's the integration part. And you've used the word ceremony so many times and it's it's a it's it's so appropriate because the work of taking a psychedelic medicate you know a, a medicine or ayahuasca or whatever the work of that is you know like taking it it makes you feel physically uncomfortable and you're in a space where you don't know up from down sometimes it's really hard work but the mm -hmm. real work of using that type of medicine comes for the years after sometimes you do one ayahuasca experience and that's all that you might need because it might take 10 years of integration and the same mm -hmm. happens for us as parents. 
And so you go through birth and you know that you, we're going to talk about your births in a second here, but giving birth, of course, is extremely hard. And for a man, especially a, a, an OBGYN who's done this and seen this done one way is all training, right? To then be, you know, present at his own birth. And at the time with our first baby, we had a birth in the hospital. Our second, which came a few days ago, was at home, which is a completely different experience energetically. But in the hospital, you go in with the same fears and the same anticipations of that one bad thing that happened, right? And then you see it happen. You like see birthing happen and you watch the maiden that you, my wife and I fell in love when we were 16. So mm. I'm watching this person go through a, conf, a trans, con, you know, transformation, this, this sort of something new emerges, the mother the 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 patron the, the matron emerges on the other side of that and me too I fall through that portal as well and I emerge on the other side and for Christian it sounds like you know sort of like when the student is ready the teacher appears and Wolfie is the teacher and she's mm -hmm. teaching you she's teaching Kyle patients she's teaching Bear patients she's teaching Christian how to be a man and Christian has stepped up to the plate I mean this is a part of his mm -hmm. journey but the reason I say that you know. We talk about where the holistic OBGYN, we're not just going to do biohacking on this show. Like the really important work <laughs> of being a human is this right here and sharing the stories and sharing the bad stuff as well. The really, really lows mm -hmm. that must come in ceremony around polyamory or around birth or around, you know, the, the sort of deep journeys that, that we've all gone on. You know, if we've, whether, you know, you go into meditation and you do that, or you take a psychedelic medicine or you have a near death experience, like that's hard, but most people mm -hmm. would agree that the aftermath of that, the early parenting phase, is the hardest thing that a person ever goes through, and it can either make or break you, and I'm so glad that you and Kyle and Christian and your kids and you guys have figured out a way to take the, the, this raw material and make something beautiful out of it, because I've hung out with you, Christian, Kyle, and your kids all together and you have an, a beautiful family, and I know that it, there's going to be more ups and downs, but if we don't talk about these things, then it just, we kind of just stay in this strange binary of like, hey, it's a man and a woman have babies, and then they have house, and then they die someday, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And um, that's yeah. maybe not as rich a life as we can live, so. Yeah, and and, and the the verbiage, you know, that people use when, in ceremony or if people are, you know, having friends over and they're going to put them through as, you know, some kind of psychedelic experience and the term holding space, mm. um, I feel like it, it's forgotten mm. in everyday life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the word I keep using with Kyle when we're discussing like our game plan with how to deal with bears, you know, you know, anger and emotions and the, the, um, where he's at, what he's going through right now. Um, and the reminder, we're holding space. Mm -hmm. We're holding space for these because it's not always just in ceremony that shit comes up. So when we're, when we have that friend who is having a hard time and maybe is being a dick and is just incapable of being rational yeah. or kind, it's like not just being like writing that person off, but holding space. Um, looking at life, you don't even have to do psychedelics. You don't even have to do these things, but just looking at every situation as a ceremony, um, that's either, you know, burning something out, bringing something up, um, 
but get, you know, holding space for ourselves, but also holding space for other people. Um, and our children, that's, I mean, man, I never thought I'd, I'd, my son being six and a half that I would be, um, there, these are, there's things we're dealing with that I thought would be like teenagers, (laughs) you know, but it's, um, you, you think about the awareness and I, when I really truly believe that he's come here for a reason, um, you know, there's some things that feel like they're fast tracked and that we're, we're being forced to, um, not forced, but being, you know, brought into, uh, having to deal with a little earlier because these are things that it, it's really what it's doing is it's reminding us of the importance of the habits and things that we're doing right, here. Right. So it's like we can say, oh, I'm going to go meditate. But like if your kids never actually are seeing you meditate, it's not really going to impact right. them. It's not going to really be a tool that they use. So like this whole week has been right when we wake up, it's like we all need this jolt right right away in the morning. We are doing breath work as a family. And then we're coming into co-resonance with some kind of sounds. We have lots of drums and so little bear will do this sticks with you and too? things. Bear wow. does it with us. Um, and then we have, we turn on a song and we'll, you know, sh- do the body shaking. Um, and we have a song that Paul Check actually sang for us as we came into co-resonance with him one time on his land. And, uh, we've been singing that. Um, I've been trying to sing that as much as possible because then it gets stuck in Bear's head and it's working. I heard him singing it out in the yard yesterday. So I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> keep singing those songs that hopefully just, you know, cause you, you, when you think of music, you think of like people forget and they, it's easy to think like, Oh, you're being, you know, weird about it. But Music, it, it has magic, mm. and I, it, I've been pretty lazy and lax on what he's been allowed to listen to, and then it just, in this last four days, thanks to this lovely microdose, I just had this big epiphany of, like, I really need to um, be a lot more mindful in what I let him listen to, even if, you know it's my favorite song right now. It's like, no, I, I can understand what that, the message behind it, even though he doesn't understand the words, there's yeah, energy behind yeah, it. Yeah. And so, um, just, it, just, it's been, this microdose has been really just kind of fine tuning some things. And, um, I kind of got off topic there no, for it's a second, but yeah, life is a life ceremony. Is a ceremony. <laughs> and you brought up a, a, a lot of nice little, um, points Let's take a very, very brief break. I'm going to blow a bag of vapor, okay. and then we're going to get into some parenting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about okay. some of your favorite resources for people, and we'll talk a little bit about Steiner's philosophy of parenting. And you are like Superman. That's like one of the ways I describe you to people. Like, Tosh, yeah. he's very like, oh, isn't Thank that Kyle's you. wife? I'm like, yes, she was in the UFC. She was a prolific runner. She's a <laughs> super mom. She's a super chef. She's like this prolific space holder and um so we'll get into that thank next thank you that's really You're so sweet. welcome i'll okay. take uh take a quick little break okay okay during that bio break i'm going to take the opportunity to tell you about about our sponsor waveblock at waveblock.com you can buy these elegant little stickers that wrap around your earbuds why would you want these little stickers well they mitigate the, the radiation that's coming off through electro, electromagnetic frequency from these Bluetooth devices. So 
you're walking around, you're on the bus, you're in a car, you're out in the garden, you're working out, and you've got these little earbuds, and they're emitting radiation directly to your brain through your ear holes. So waveblock.com, based in LA, where I did all my residency training, they've designed these cool little stickers. You slap them right onto the stalks of your earbuds, and you're good to go. Worry not about EMF from your Bluetooth earbuds. They also are just about to release. In fact, by the time that this podcast comes out, you're probably able to buy these online. Stickers that go right onto your cell phones so that that cell phone that's in your pocket next to your gonads, it's not radiating those gonads, guys and girls. Um, And it does so through the same technology. So go to waveblock.com. I highly recommend everybody get a pair of these because nobody wants to give up their phones and their earbuds. Like we're all multitasking. We all want to stay connected to our friends and family. We all want to stay up to date with our audiobooks, etc. But we also need to mitigate the effects of this radiation. So waveblock.com and as a fun little Easter egg, if you enter code beloved at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's fucking dope. So go get them. Go get them for all your friends and family for the holidays. Waveblock.com, code beloved, 10% off. Let's get back to the conversation with Tosh Kingsbury. So, Tosh, you've got a... So Bear is six or seven. Remind me. He will tell you he is six and a half. half. Well, that's... Something yeah. a six and a half year old should say. <laughs> it's very important to be exact. Yeah, yeah. six and three quarters, right? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, he'll ask too. When am I six and three quarters? <laughs> you know, he's he's yeah. he's super tall. He's super strong, and he's very gifted in everything. Like the kid is a rock star. And then Wolfie is, I want to say she's sixteen months, seventeen months. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. sixteen okay. months. So I've got a nearly two year old. Penny's. 21 months and we just had a baby three days ago so by the time this comes out that baby will be a couple weeks old but so between you and I we're the same age we're you're are you 36 yeah so I'm 36 and we've got four little kids between the two of us and we're both presented at this place in our lives with so much information about what to do to raise children that it's <laughs> It's impossible really to know what to do because every kid, of, of course, is so different. So I'm curious from you, um, I have a feeling that some of our resources are going to be pretty darn similar, but I'm curious from you, what what resources have you found that have been especially helpful in trying to manage and mitigate some of the challenges of early childhood? Um, so yeah, I, I actually heard you talking about, uh, soul of discipline when you were on Paul checks living for D podcast with him and Angie. Um, and I was like, I love that (laughs) book. So that is one of my, that one has helped a lot. Um, especially with like bears age. It's definitely one I wish we had read, um, sooner. Um, a lot of bears childhood, I wasn't really reading a lot of children's books. I, lo- I read, you know, Nourishing Traditions for Pregnancy and then, um, you know, which really is what kickstarted our, like, concern and in, in looking into vaccines. I never really thought about it before that. Yeah, I think um, it's called, a, do they call it the baby book? Nourishing Traditions Baby Book? The Nourishing Traditions Baby, a book of baby and yeah, child care. That's a great one. We um, have that on our shelf. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's one that I still go back to when, you know, you're dealing with like, like bumps. Okay. We've got different kind of bumps. What should I do for this? Or what should I do for that? Like, it's definitely yeah. a book that I'm like, you will use it for many, many years. Um, and then it's a great thing to be able to pass down to your children. You know, here's the Bible of sure, baby. Sure. <laughs> um, and one of those co-authors for, is Tom Cowan, who's written extensively about vaccines. Yeah. Like he's got four books, I think, on yeah. vaccines. So yeah, we can talk about that after. Yeah, Kyle just yeah, Kyle just had him on, and it was it was fire. Um, he's a very gifted anyone that thinker, I, Tom Cowan is. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate mm -hmm. him very much. So I was really excited when Kyle was having him. I was like, like a little fangirl. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah. was a fangirl too, I have to say. <laughs> <I> sit in? <laughs> um, and then, um, so I, I love Cooperative and Connected. That's another really good one. Um, Soul of Discipline. I really love, so the author of Soul of Discipline is Kim, uh, John Kim John Payne. Payne. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he actually has a podcast called simplicity parenting no and they yeah and they're like super short little it's like 12 minutes long but like i will put one of those on in the morning um when i'm like brushing my teeth and washing my face and stuff kind of just when i have mm -hmm. like a break from the kids typically kyle will take them out for a walk um and it just like it's one of those like reminders on like yes this is what I'm going to, you know, need sure. reminders, just reminding me of how I'm going to approach different behaviors because, um, you know, having Wolf, having this huge difference in age at the same time, oh, yeah. um, it just, I am like taken back to when Bear was this age and it's like, oh, his little temper <laughs> tantrum, oh, his little, you know, like, and you're just like, it's so cute. I got this. I can handle this. And then now like flash forward to six and a half and it's like, it's rough. It's really hard because now we're, we're come we're in an age where, mm. you know, the, the, you can say, oh, the cheers, the children are your mirrors. They mirror, they are going to bring up things and they're going to be, um, bring up issues of your own childhood or, you know, and, and it does that. It definitely does that because you, I don't really know anybody off the top of my head that I could think that I, that I could say has said that they want to parent the way their parents parented mm. them. They want to discipline the way that their parents disciplined them. I feel like majority of the people I know want to do yeah, it differently. Yeah, yeah. And in order to do it differently, it's a lot easier when you have that modeled behavior oh, yeah. and it's naturally in you versus like I was spanked. I was slapped. I had soap bars put in my mouth. Like if I talked back or said bad words, it was Plus, like Bible God you know, was watching like, everything. <laughs> Bible God was watching. Oh, yeah. I took the very serious scoundrel Bible God. <laughs> um, and so, but like when you, you know, for a very, for a short period, um, I thought we would spank bear here and there. Like when it's something like that's a hardcore mm. no in this family. Now you're getting a spanking and it just never sat right, right with me. Right. Um, it never felt mm. good. It never felt, even though I didn't, I don't look at my childhood and I'm not like I was spanked. Like I don't have really any big, like I, I didn't like it, but I also don't feel like I'm working through that trauma and ceremonies. Yeah working through all the spankings that mm -hmm. I had. But at the same time, 
um, it just has never felt, it never felt right. And then even to this day when we've been getting a lot of pushback and there's a lot of, um, him just trying to, they're going to push the boundaries. It's going to, it's going to evolve too, and they're going to get really good at it. Um, and you can find yourself, you know, in a house where you're, you and your son are a lawyer. You guys are both lawyers and you're like, wow, when did mm-hmm. I become the, you know, like not the head of the house, not the the person who's helping guide. Now we're like in this debate right. on, you know, back and forth over right, everything. Right. Negotiation. Which can be yeah, maddening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, the, uh, um, what was that podcast called again? Simplicity yeah. Parenting Podcast. Um, we also have, you know, like we've we've called on Paul Selig. We've done sessions with Paul Selig. He's and a channeler, right? Ha- mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I'm super skeptical, I think, because of, you know, growing up really religious and witnessing and, and coming from a place of how hard it was to let go of Christianity and just real- ultimately realizing like, oh, I only believe this because I'm afraid. I don't actually feel this. I don't actually believe, like really truly believe all these things. I'm not living this life. I'm only saying it because I'm afraid. I'm, I'm right. living this because right. I'm afraid. And like I can't believe in something out of fear. That just doesn't feel right. Um, so I have naturally always been very uh, skeptical. And Paul Selig over and over has to me got, you know, uh, worked with people in front of me in like big groups where it's like there's no way he would know that about that person. And he just... He just did them dirty <laughs> in front of everybody. Show True Blood on HBO. <laughs> True, I've heard. I everybody was into it. I never got into it. it. Super, I know about it though. Cheesy. I know it was super cheesy. It, uh, yeah, that's why I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't get yeah. into it. It was. It was really just cheesy. like a bunch of like tits and blood everywhere. I mean, in which yeah. I see the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great HBO program or whatever. Yeah. But there was a, the main character. Her name was Suki, and she had the ability to read people's minds. So she'd be like waiting, mm. like she was like a shorter, short order. Uh, she wasn't the chef, but to the cook, she was the, uh, the, what's it called? A waitress. And she'd be waiting on this okay. like bunch of dudes who were splitting of, uh, you know, a, a bucket of beers and they're like, you know, looking at her cleavage and they're like thinking these dirty thoughts and she's reading their minds. And so at every moment mm. of her day, she's like picking up on other people's thoughts to the point where it's like maddening. I wonder if that's how it is for Paul Selig, where he just has to like, don't read their minds. Don't read. <laughs> it's not really yeah, reading yeah. minds, but it's, I think, it's you know. <laughs> um, it's it's more so I, from what he's said and what I've experienced is it's very much a um, because you have to say the person's mm. name, and he he goes into he has like a whole method that he does in order to go into that place of channeling, or else I imagine it oh, could yeah. be really um, overwhelming. Yeah, overwhelming um, to say the least. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want that one. I can feel, I'm like, I feel, I feel energies and that's overwhelming enough as it is just to feel people's right. energy. Right. Um, but uh, we have also had both of their human designs done. Um, are you familiar? You're familiar yeah, with human I, I design, had it, right? I had it done okay. by somebody and I didn't know really what to do with it because Stephanie hasn't had hers done, okay. but, um, you, you tell me about that because that's actually a really interesting, um, it's a really interesting technology. So yeah, share with everybody what that is. So it's, you know, when I, when Kyle first told me about it, when I was reading about it again, I was like, I don't know. Cause it's, you know, based on your birth time, your birth place, 
your name. Um, I think that's it. And then you are, you know, it's a, you, you are either then um, a projector, a generator, a manifesting generator, uh, a manifester or a reflector. So there's five different types. Um, and based on these different things and your own personal chart. So even if like you and I are both projectors based on of like our chart and, and, um, I'm not the best at explaining this. Uh, there's a lot of details involved that my mom brain in this very <laughs> moment is not going to do very well saying it. But I will say this when I had mine done, um, I'm a projector and, it, sitting with this guy and the only information he had in that moment was what I gave him right then and there, my name, my birthplace, my birth time. Uh, and him going through my chart, it was, it was crazy how he knew me as well as I know me in a lot of ways, uh, to down to the, how I am in big groups, how I, um, uh, there's, there's, it was just like having some, like literally I was, I was sold. It was, um, it was huge. And then even the, one of the biggest things for me, so for projectors, we do not, um, we do not create our own energy. We literally feed off of the energies around us and we can also be completely depleted mm. by the energies around us. So who we are with, who we are around really matters. Um, and we, we reboot our energy when we sleep. So, uh, he recommended that some nights, um, in the week I actually sleep in my own bed and not with Kyle and that, and to see if I felt more rested, um, doing that a couple times a week. And it was insane how much, how much that improved my daily life just having my own bed sometimes because, um, you know, when he's a generator, so laying next to him, this guy who just creates yeah. his own energy nonstop. <laughs> I actually think <laughs> like, when I had them. mine read, I think I'm a generator as well, which is not a surprise based on what you've okay. said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Bear's a manifesting generator. Um, and according to his human design, like when he was walking us through Bear's, and this was like a year and a half ago or two years ago, um, he's like, you know, you might see some of these things as he gets older and, you know, you might not be seeing these now. And we were like, no, you are describing bear to a T and the, the benefit, the, the thing that I love about it, um, is that you get to see what is, what is him and, and what is the, like, what we can, how we guide him with those, um, designs you know, how to strengthen those, how, what tools to give him, what areas to work on. And, and it takes away this, like, man, he's so stubborn mm. or he's so this, or he's so that, like, why does he got to be like that? And then when you, when you really get to see them in this way, you, it's almost like you get a little peek at their mm. soul and like the soul purpose, even though it's not like, it doesn't say like, oh, he's gonna, you know, part the seas. <laughs> like it doesn't have like his like final prophetic. destination it's at all. More of a, just right. Like re helping you read it's between more the of lines a, a little bit. 
Yeah. yeah. And then you're in just like finding and, and even for me, the, you know, one of the things that uh, I always had a hard time with was um, feeling like uh, I could mm. read people. Mm-hmm. And that I can, because I can feel energy, not like I'm reading people's mind. Oh, I, I definitely uh, can to a degree. I'm not aware that I'm doing it, but I don't, can't tell you how many times Kyle and Christian have both been like. How did you know that? Yeah, I'll just like start, <laughs> I'll just like say something. And they're like, you're freaking me out right now. The fact that you're, you just said that randomly and I'm literally thinking about it. And so it's not like a thing that I'm fully aware of, but I, I'm aware yeah. that I yeah. can do yeah. that. Um, but as far as feeling energy and being drawn, like I, I, I have oftentimes been drawn to people and, uh, and I'll just sit and be like, how's it going? And, um, people will just open mm. up and share and eat, like Kyle's seen it countless times where we're like out in public or anywhere and I'll get the full life story from someone by just being like, hi, how's it going? And and that's a part of my human design is that I can I have I'm very I, I feel everything. I feel people, my my but my aura is really strong and so it can also be really mm. off putting to people who are not comfortable and who don't want to mm. be seen. And so there has been numerous times in my life where I've felt rejected and not known mm. why. Mm. Um, but it's because I'm, when I talk to people, sometimes they feel like I'm reading into their soul. And so it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah, this might, this could be well, all woo woo as what I well. Said when I walked in but and met you, you were at the kitchen and you, you turned around and you were like, Oh, hi, I've heard a lot about you. And you went back to cooking and then we were chatting and I was like, <laughs> this is a powerful person. I, I don't know what to do with her. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, oh. it was, it was, it was a, for me, it was like, this is a person I want to get close to. Like, I, I really like this person. Mm but there's a lot, there's a lot over there. You know what I mean? And so it was, that was the art, your auric <laughs> field. I mean, you, you, when people talk about reading auras, you're not necessarily seeing a color. It's more of a feeling of that mm. color. And you, I yeah. think you have a very, a, a really great warmth to you. But if you, you know, weren't maybe in, uh, prepared for that or whatever, and you were just confronted with that in like a passing by or whatever that could be I think a little intimidating mm-hmm. for people like whoa there's a lot of energy coming off of this person and um, fortunately I think you give off a lot of good energy but I, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah I feel that same way yeah and a, a huge thing that's helped me with that this will be the last thing then I can move on to something else but um, the waiting for the invitation mm-hmm. is what I was told so Maybe I can feel Nathan, something's, you know, I can feel Nathan is not, it is not doing well. Um, So instead of being like, I know something's off, I know something's (laughs) wrong. And, you know, you can talk to me, you can tell me whatever it is, because I can feel it. Uh, A lot of times it's a, a feeling in my own body. So like, I'll be like, whoa, why do I all of a sudden feel like Mm -hmm. super anxious? And then... Mm, who's who's mm-hmm. near me <laughs> okay because it's not mine I don't I didn't feel this a minute ago and now all of a sudden it's just like overwhelming um or yeah. sadness or whatever yeah. that is um and if I check in I can check in hey how's it going you know and if the person is like you know okay. like then yeah. okay yeah. cool you know and not be like no I know <laughs> something's wrong you're gonna you know tell me it because I was feeling you know like all that stuff so waiting for the sure. invitation sure. um 
And that has been really helpful in me not taking it personally when people don't want to <laughs> share or they feel uncomfortable with yeah. me uh, feeling deeply into them. Well, and, yeah. and, I mean, you are a master space holder. You've used that term time and time again, but that's also a practice. You know, it's a practice of, hey, like there's a process happening here and I'm going to just hold space for it. That doesn't mean you're doing nothing. If anything, like in birth, it takes a lot of nothing to do nothing, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. uh, in other words, you connecting with somebody, your heart field, right? We know that you're a conductor. We all are. We put out this, this field and we can all sense these things, but you can't actually, you really shouldn't be imposing your will in order to shape somebody else's field because they're going through a spiritual mm -hmm. upgrade. And kind of like what you said about, about Bear, you know, he's approaching the end of that first um, King John, Kim John Payne also adapts, has adapted this in his work, but this is an, actually a Steiner philosophy as well, Rudolf Steiner, where you have these phases of development as you're going from a baby up until an adult through adolescence, right? And mm -hmm. the way that, um, the, you know, and, and as parents, really, we are space holders. We are here to keep you safe and protected in your first like zero to nine years. But as you reach that point where you're going to hit between years, nine to 12, you go from as a parent, the governor, which is really just like, no, don't jump into that fire, to the mm -hmm. gardener, which is like, you know, I know you're starting to have your own feelings about certain things, and you still need me to keep you safe, but you're going to start exploring some of those boundaries and that pushback that you're getting, and you still, as the parent, are holding space while interjecting when they need to be pulled away from the edge so they don't jump into the fire. And, right. and that's a that is a practice. My parents, you know, they, like I, like you said, I don't think back to my childhood and think that was traumatizing, but I certainly want to do things a little bit differently because, you know, my leash was pretty tight at times. And I, some of my mm. hardest times with my parents was me just lashing out and I'm not a big guy, but I have a lot of masculine energy and a lot of, a lot of energy. I'm a generator, you know, like I want to get out there and bust mm -hmm. the wall down. So if you put me on that short leash, it's, it's going to be hard. So my parents did learn how to like, they're like, whoa, this guy wants to be out throwing pine cones from the top of hundred foot pine trees at his neighbors. Like we don't want him to hit the neighbors, but we also realize that he needs to be able to experience some risk and some reward. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel like bears is kind of cusping into that, you know, maybe a little bit early, maybe he's a little bit ahead of the game there, but um, mm -hmm. I, have you been, th you know, are you aware of those different levels? Do you remember reading that in Kim John Payne's yeah. book? Yeah. Cause yeah. the teen level mm -hmm. is, Hey, they're going to make decisions and we're only going to interject if it's absolutely detrimental to their health and safety. Otherwise, like you're kind of on your own from 13 to 18, you know, 19. And, and that's hard. Yeah. It's hard as parents to, to just hold space. Right. But we can't impose our years of experience on them because that actually is detrimental to their development. I mean, they have to upgrade in their, right. own, in their own way. It's a journey that all of us, that all of us are on. Yeah. I have a little example of, uh, recently. So for Halloween, which I don't understand why we do <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> like if I'm honest, it is like the healthy, mindful parents nightmare <laughs> Like you dress your kids up and they run around the neighborhood collecting a bunch of candy that you don't eat. You normally would never buy any yeah. of that crap. Um, but I'm not going to be that mom who's like, yeah. no, 
you're not doing it, you know, or that mom at a birthday party who's like, we don't eat gluten. You can't have any pizza. It's like, we're at a birthday party, like have at it, like feel like do what you want, feel like you can enjoy it. Um, and it's not often, you know, it's like incredibly rare. Uh, but Halloween, so he gets his whole bucket full of just toxic poison candy and uh because it's late it's like he already knew we're not having any of that um and in the past when he was younger and just not like the at the awareness that he's at now I would just dump it all out and put in like healthy organic chocolates and things in there and replace it overnight and uh my friends call it the switch witch (laughs) so um they all still do this and just tell their kids, okay, the switch witch is coming tonight. When you put your bucket outside your bedroom door, you're going to wake up and there's going to be like, they're going to replace it with good, healthy things. Oh my God. Um, you just changed Bear my life. was, <laughs> <laughs> it works for a while. Maybe it'll last. Um, I, but I, I'm trying to give more, Bear more decision opportunities to make his own choices because I was not allowed, we were not allowed to have candy. My mom never had junk food and things like that in the house. And so I remember being older and being like, I would go to my friend's houses or we'd go walk down the 7-Eleven. It was like, candy. Like I just could not control myself because I was just, it was the forbidden fruit. You know what I mean? So this Halloween, I, you know, we woke up, woke up in the morning and uh, you know, he's all excited to look at the candy. I'm like, yeah, let's look at it. Let's see what it is. And me and Kyle were like, oh, you know, like Whoppers. Those I used to love Whoppers. So we, we had fun with it and talked about the different candy. And um, it's a hard no for me, anything with like the artificial yeah. coloring. So all the gummies, all the things like that got put in a pile. And I'm like, these are all no's. Like we, we just cannot, I can't, I can't do it. Um, plus luckily he's never been a gummy guy, so he had no problem being like, yeah, let's get rid of that stuff. Uh, but then when it came to the giant pile of chocolate, um, you know, I kept asking him, well, do you, if you, if you're going to eat this candy, you're not going to, you know, I wouldn't recommend eating the whole thing or I can replace it with, you know, a bucket full of stuff that you can eat. Um, and he really wanted to eat the candy. And so I, in that moment, it just mm. came through, and I was like, okay, eat it for breakfast. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, go ahead. Eat all that, as much candy as you want for breakfast. He's like, for breakfast? Like, he kept checking in, and I was like, no, seriously, go ahead. And so he started eating, and I gotta be, I have to be honest, it was really hard. Wow. It was really hard for me. I found myself wanting to be mm-hmm. mean, like disappointed, like, I can't believe you decided to eat <laughs> you that disgusting candy. You know, child. but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong choice. You know, it was, but it, so I just like, I, he was excited and I was like, yeah, it's good. I just kind of, I trusted that intuition. Maybe six pieces in, he was so mm. sick. He was like, ugh. Like he did not want any more. He dumped the rest of it in the no trash kidding. himself. And wanted me to put in, like, wanted me to buy other stuff to, you know, fill his bucket with healthy things. And it was like, he made the all choice. right. Yeah. So I gave him the opportunity to, you know, he, he got to decide for himself. And then he also felt what it feels like because we don't eat that way. So I knew and I was really hoping <laughs> there was that feeling of, like, what if his, his like, you know, system is like just so on point that it just burns through it and there's like barely, he barely even even notices it. it. But luckily 
luckily <laughs> he did. Um, but yeah, giving him the, the freedoms, trying to, you know, just reminding, it, it's easy to look at our kids as they get older. I'll speak for myself as he gets older. Um, and they'll always mm. be your baby. He'll always be my baby. But like, I have to, I have to evolve with him and allow him like you were saying, you were on a tight leash. I don't want that to be the case. I don't want him to feel like a caged mm. bear, you mm -hmm. know? Like I want him to be making his own decisions and uh, only really stepping in when it is detrimental or, um, yeah, I think this is the this is a really good time to do yeah. that too because he still is at home and um, mistakes will be made. And, yeah, the thing I always tell him you know, if when he told me something in the shower, he's like, I did something I'm not going to tell you till I'm nine or 10. So you have to decide if I, if you want to know when I'm nine or when I'm 10. And I was like, oh, I'll pick nine. <laughs> it's sooner. What did you, what did you do? And it took a, like a while. I'm like, Bear, like I, there's nothing you ever have done. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to like talk to you for a minute about it. Um, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> like it's like this horrible thing. And, uh, I was like, I, just tell me or don't, or we can wait till you're nine. You might not remember. And he was like, I peed in the shower before, or I peed in the shower when I got in. Because he knows I'm like, can you pee in the bathtub? Or in the, <laughs> the bathtub? Can you pee? <laughs> can you pee? I'm like, can you pee in the toilet before you get in the bathtub or the shower? Like, it's just to me. But it's also not like a thing. I'm like, I'm going to beat your ass if you don't, if you do this. So it was really funny that that was the thing. But I'm constantly telling him. You can tell me anything. You'll never, ever get in trouble for telling the truth, no matter how horrible the thing is. When we lie yeah. is when yeah. there's a problem. Yeah. You know, lying is just like we don't lie to each other. We always tell each other the truth. And that's like I'm trying to hit that home. And, you know, there's mm -hmm. been times that he's tell me things and I'm like, Oh, thank you for telling me. <laughs> thank you. Okay, good job. Okay, all right. Let's try to do better on that one. You okay. killed which I'm neighbor's go breathe. pet? Oh, okay. Well, they don't yeah. ever bring their garbage cans in. Yeah. So, <laughs> fuck them. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Where, where did where did we bury it? This <laughs> right. thing. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tosh, let's shift for one last part of our conversation. Let's yeah. shift a little okay. bit towards you. Um, and I know that you had at least. Wolfie at home. Did you also have Bear at home? No, I had Bear at Stanford oh, hospital. hospital out oh, in the Bay right. Area. Okay. So how mm -hmm. did your home birth contrast with hospital birth? <laughs> Man, it was, uh, as you know, um, just mm -hmm. night and day. Mm -hmm. Like there is, there is no, there is no person I would recommend a hospital birth over. I mean, obviously some people it, it's, it just ends up having to, um, be that way. Uh, I, I wanted to have a home birth when I was pregnant with bear and, uh, being mm. in the Bay, living in a garage, we weren't, you know, making very much money at the time. And so I think it was like over six grand to get a midwife out there. And we money. just didn't have yeah. the money plus. Yeah. And, and plus we had with our insurance that we had, the whole thing would be covered at Stanford. And so we decided, um, to go that route, but to treat it like as if we were having mm -hmm. a home birth. So still go in, not, you know, just want no help. Um, none of the drugs, just none of it, just kind of just move through it like home a home, home birth. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, which is really hard mm. to do when you are in, you know, when we're talking energies, mm. the energy, what's, what kind of energy is in a hospital? Oh it's gosh. pretty similar to an yeah. airport, you know. Yeah. It's it's pretty chaotic. Uh, there is death energy. There is mourning energy. There is stress. It's just like all these energies are in that yeah. space. Um, and uh, oftentimes you're de also dealing with doctors and nurses who have a really busy schedule and you're not the only thing happening on their, on their, um, you know, at that very they have moment. They their own traumas too. Uh, you and know, so, like, so a doctor, they've, they've done some yeah. studies on this. A doctor who's had a bad outcome within the past couple weeks mm -hmm. will have a lower threshold for C-section, will have a lower threshold for intervention. And so they're mm. bringing all of that, that, um, trauma to the yeah. to the game and it's coloring your experience as a birthing that. person yeah it's it's pretty fascinating stuff but i know like i get it guys the OBGYNs that are listening out there i get it and we need to respect that 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 energy is not always welcome in this sacred experience that is mm -hmm. birth which is why my practice has changed so dramatically so so how did then how did yeah. the home birth go with wolfie so home birth with Wolfie was, you know, I woke up um, like 1.30 a.m. and was and had been dealing with like Braxton Hicks the, you know, most of Friday and then woke up at 1.30 and was like, OK, these are more intense. I can't really sleep through these, but not, you know, and I started timing them. So I was like at the leaning on my bed, just kind of rolling my hips and breathing um, and uh just kind of moving my body however mm. felt, you know, good and breathe. I was just comfortable. Uh, I could get up and go to the bathroom. And it was just, it was just my house, my energy, you know, lit some candles. And uh, just didn't wake anybody up because it felt like I could handle that part, that portion um, alone and let people sleep. And then about an hour later, they were like four minutes apart. Um so I woke people up. We called the midwife. Um, they, you know, Christian was uh, with us too. And originally I wanted Bear to be there at the birth, but uh, because it was the middle of the night, it just didn't. A little bit. It didn't. Trickier. We just decided let him mm -hmm. let him sleep. Yeah. Plus there was the unknown of how he would handle it so nothing be worse than waking up your son and being yeah, like ah, yeah. what's you know what's happening I, i'm very thoughtful like, about that for so. older kids it makes sense but under six especially under under you know in in that first mm -hmm. stage of development the the governor governor stage like under nine mm -hmm. i'm not so sure they yeah. have enough context to really understand it to me it seems like it, it could actually be very traumatizing but and i think that there's cultural bias yeah. that colors that experience and I don't know. I, I that's another conversation for another I time. I think it's yeah. yeah. I think it's like kid yeah. to kid. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's just like no, and like based on Bear's complete disinterest in seeing any birth photos from him, you know, when he was born, it was yeah. like yeah, I don't yeah. think he's, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna be disappointed. He missed this, but um, so then you know, I just I moved, I flowed through the house, I was in any position that I wanted, um. I, the midwife showed up probably around three, like 3.15, uh, and Wolf was born at 4.06. Um, I, you know, they, they got the bed already. They showed up, and, like, my midwife, she really didn't say anything at all. 
Um, she let me do what felt right, which was really nice because in the hospital, it was just a constant like, oh, you're dilated this. Oh, you're now here. Oh, your water didn't pop. Psh, let's pop your water for you. You know, like there was, um, it was so much more hands off and let me move. And she never said, okay, now you're good to push. It was like, I just felt like it was time to push. And I didn't even like ask her like, hey, am I okay to push? Like she just let me experience mm. it. And I went into the room to get on the bed because it was like I you know, was on the toilet at the time and was like, <laughs> oh, I'm pushing. Okay, I should probably move to sure. the bed. And when I got in there, I just squatted at the end of the bed. It just felt like wow. I just I was just pulled there. And I'm like, I'm going to this is what I wanted to do with Bear. And I didn't get to do that with Bear. I was laying on my back, was which, which was really difficult. I remember that being a really difficult way to push. Uh, and then with her, like I, I don't even know how long I was squatting there. It couldn't be long, but it was one good mm. push and she didn't crown. She right just out. came mm. right out. Yeah. And luckily, like when I went there, you know, the midwives, I didn't even remember them doing it, but it was like a scramble of like papers going <laughs> underneath me all around me. And Kyle was there, caught her because he saw like, oh, she's out. OK. And then um, while he was holding, you know, helping with her, Christian was behind me, supporting me because I was really weak and just, you know, she was the umbilical cord was still in there. And even that, like how quickly they remove things and pull things out and want to separate, mm -hmm. you know, like everything that I had read in nourishing traditions was like, wait for the placenta to pass naturally. Uh, and you know, don't cut the cord right away. It's like, everything's so fast. And like, it was, it was just so beautiful mm -hmm. being able to really have the, even though I did everything, for the most part, you know, the, they still waited for my um, placenta to pass naturally with bear before they cut. They they were rolling their eyes with our birth sheet, which was in bold, like, do not mess with this. And then Kyle's there, the big guy that he is. And it's like, okay, we'll yeah, honor your like request. We're really annoyed. And weighs like 120 pounds, I'm sure, soaking wet. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine his yeah. figure and, uh, as like, here's the guy who's backing up the person who's in charge like you have to get through him to get through to get to you <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh the and then the 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 mommy juices you know that come out that that coat the baby like how we even had that in writing with bear like this isn't we do not want this washed off of him we want this left mm -hmm. on and that is really confusing for a lot of nurses and doctors like, ew, really? Why would you, you know, like, okay, all right. And so luckily they, we, we didn't have a lot of pushback at Stanford. Um, and then home birth, it was like, you didn't, there was, she knew and she honored it and it was not a yeah. problem. It was just so much more comfortable. And then I laid in my bed after, you know, they cleaned me up and, and they put Wolfie on me. I fell asleep. I actually slept really decently and woke up in the morning and Bear came in and met his sister. Amazing. And it, I mean, the, the, the difference is night and day. It like night and yeah. day. Like I, I really, 
I, you know, I love hearing people's birth stories. And that was something yeah. that we were talking about when you were here is like that. And it was really cool to meet a, a man. I think you might be the first <laughs> man that I'm like, oh my gosh, you love hearing birth stories as much as me. That's so awesome. Um, but like even just recently hearing a story about, and I didn't know this. And then it was one of those like, mm. oh God, like, you know, like when you say something, you're yeah. like, damn it. You know, cause like I asked her about her birth, her birth stories. And she's like, uh, well, they just my with my first, they uh, scheduled a C-section, even though I wasn't ha there was no problems. She's a she was a tall girl, too. She was like six mm. feet. She's not a tiny person like she mm -hmm. had hips or has hips. And so like she even in sharing it, I could hear the sadness in her voice because she had asked me about mine. And so, of course, me, I'm like, it was awesome. Yeah. And it was so great. Yeah. And I, you know, like explaining it all. And then in, in return, the story I heard from her was like, just mm. heartbreaking that she didn't know. She didn't know that she could try. She thought, well, the doctors know better. And they're saying that I should have a C-section. Um, the baby wasn't like breached or, you know, like there was nothing other than oh, it's going to be a big baby and we'll just go ahead and schedule your C-section. And so then she had another baby and it was, again, another scheduled C-section. Right. So it was like right. how many women we know just don't, you know, you don't know because you really don't start really learning about this typically until you're yeah. pregnant. Yeah. And then it just depends on who you're, you know, following and listening to and kind of where you are at in that Um what information you're right, going to right, get. Right. But um, I feel incredibly uh, blessed to have the stories and the experiences and the yeah, comparison right. too, to have the comparison right. of the two has been you can awesome. You really speak, Tosh, from a, and by the way, thank you for sharing your story. I, I do genuinely appreciate hearing these stories because this is like, this is the story of the human experience. Right. And part of what I'm I'm envisioning, I've already manifested it. It's just about putting the bricks together. But it's this birth and death retreat center where we can take care of birth and death, these two sacred mm. rites of passage in the right way with the right energies from the lighting to the voices in the room to the the traumas that we bring in as as the caregivers. Right. And women used to care for women and women have experienced birth and they sometimes work through their traumas in supporting other women. And it's very healing as a community mm. if we can actually do this in the right way. But telling the story is what's lacking in our in our culture. You know, you, you, that's not the first time I've heard a woman say that I, I didn't know what birth was going to be about until I was in the moment of pushing. And mm -hmm. that's not to say that you can really, it's not like you can go into a virtual reality headset and experience it beforehand. But the fact that we don't tell stories about our births and we don't work through that and hold space for other people's stories, that is leading to a collective um, fear and, 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 a, and a perversion of the experience, right? It's not a medical procedure, guys. It's not a pathology to be pregnant. If anything, it is the right. antithesis of pathology. If you're pregnant, you are giving birth to the cosmos. This is the co-creative force behind source. Like this is it right mm. here. And if we can't get this right, and it starts by telling stories and adapting those stories and passing those stories down. If we can't get this right, how can we expect anything else in our entire experience as conscious human beings to be right? And it's reflected in how we've 
we've been at war with nature, right? If we can control it, if we can measure mm -hmm. it, then it's something that we have a grasp on. Well, you can't measure the experience of birth. There's no quantifiable way for Tosh to say, Tosh Kingsbury to say, my birth was this, this numerical value. Your birth was your birth. And that experience in and of itself is a real, it's, it's real and it's an extremely important thing that we've lost touch with. And, and that's why we're having this conversation. That's what I've, I, that's why I've created this podcast is because we, we need to talk about these things. Like, and, and I'm so happy to have mm -hmm. you in my tribe because you speak from the heart and I can tell that you mean it. And for a person who didn't have that experience, it doesn't mean it was a less experience. It was their experience. And we as a community need to mm -hmm. about face and we need to now hold space for this person. And then she's going to join us and we're going to about face and hold space for that person. That's what community is. But instead, we silo it off yeah. and we try to manipulate it in some way that makes the doctors and the nurses in the hospitals feel better. And and I don't think that that's the right way to do it. And right now, 99.9% .9 of babies are being born in the hospital in the United States. It's not like that everywhere, but it's heading that direction in most places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think and just even taking it back to our young ladies and you have two yeah. young ladies, you know, you're, you're a girl dad and like the beauty of celebrating the period. Oh my God, yes, yes. The beauty, you know, like how many women my age, how many friends of mine, we have this like, these we didn't have this celebration. It was like, oh, uh, great. Oh, sorry, your period started, Tosh. You know, oh, you know, you're a woman. <laughs> like there was no celebration. Like that is the rite of, that is the first little rite of passage for, for a girl to come into womanhood. And, um, a good friend of ours, Peyton, um, Callahan out here, she wrote a book called, or she has like a whole thing called she becomes, and she has one for fathers. Um, and, uh, and it's basically teaching. It's a. It's a all this whole little. It's a quick little book, uh, ebook, I believe, um, that is teaching fathers about their daughter's cycle wow. and what's happening and like how to celebrate it. Because so many men, you are you already have all this down. You are going to be able to teach them and like understand all sure. of these things. Like majority of men do not. Um, but starting it there, you know, like celebrating what our body is doing. It's like moving forward, how many women have this like mm. fear? Like they don't even mm. want to try because the fear of the pain, like they were, we're taught to fear pain versus believing we are right. capable, right? you know, and that, that there is Western medicine. There are these other things and tools that we can be grateful for that do have saved lives if we need it. But if you go into things, you know, into into these things, really trying. And I have friends that they really wanted to have a home birth and it didn't work out. And it's like, you know, I'm always telling them there's That's you exactly didn't fail. Right. There's you didn't fail. You tried. You you gave you you tried and it didn't work out. You didn't fail. Like your heart was there and no birth no, is a failure. No, <laughs> but no. like the fact that you're at least trying, like it's it's um I love I love what you're doing. I love what this podcast is about and the storytelling and that is something that is missing in in all you know areas yeah, of life. Yeah. Um sitting around the campfire swapping stories about everything. Yeah. yeah Sarah I love Gustafson, it. who you know in Austin, she and I are actually mm -hmm. coming up with a series of four events in 2022 and I believe you're going to be invited just so you know. Um Ooh. it's going to be a campfire experience for couples 
who um, for us to share stories and hold space for those stories. And it's going to be around birth and it's going to be around menstruation. It's going to be in, in the men's job is to hold space for that. The women's job is to hold mm. space for one another and to tender to one another and to just acknowledge, just, just to bear witness, right? We need to abolish the language of fear and failure and we need to honor and embrace the language of connection and just bearing witness. That's what, that's, that will mm. fix our society, mm-hmm. right? And, and yeah. you know, it's, these are obviously things that you and I have thought a lot about. And um, I feel very, very grateful to be talking to you. I think we're going to have to probably do a follow-up and talk a little bit more after we, um, you know, wh- <laughs> we've only known each other for a couple months, it seems, but um but as we explore some of these topics, I would love to continue to have your voice in my space because I think you bring a lot of um, humility and a lot of positivity to an mm. otherwise sort of uh, something that's been colored by our culture as as something that's dirty and unhygienic and out of our, you know, uh, dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, like all those words. Like, but But there's actually, those things may be true. You know, there may be certain experiences in birth, of course, that are scary. I mean, every woman going into pushing out a baby is, is afraid. That's actually a part of the, the journey. But for us to be raising young women and young men who are afraid of those things that define you, Tosh, <laughs> as a part of Mother Nature, as an important part of the co-creative process, the yin and yang of the cosmos, for us to be afraid of that and for us to actually kind of tarnish that sacred nature that's where i think we've kind of gone off track so i thank you so much for your voice and for just being such a you're an inspiration to me you really are and um i feel very grateful to know you so thank you thank you nathan this has been incredible i'm incredibly honored (laughs) um yeah how can people find you? I know you're working on a couple of things. Can we just take a couple minutes just to let people know how they can find more about you and connect with you and maybe even follow up with you if they have any other questions? Yeah. So we, uh, Kyle had deleted his Instagram a while ago, like two thousand early 2019. He was like, I'm off. I hate this thing. And then, uh, COVID quarantine, all of that happened. And he's like, Oh, I kind of need a platform. I think I should be talking about stuff right now. And so I was like, well, instead of doing that, why don't you just hop on my page and we can have like a co-page and and both post on there. So it's living with the Kingsburys. Um, it's mostly me on there responding to everything. And then Kyle will come in and (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, I I mean like posting, uh, stuff on there. Yeah. But he, Kyle will come on here and there and just drop some little <laughs> things to stir the pot with people he's and I'm there that. to really good at that. yeah yeah he's really good at that um and then and that's really the only social media um spot that I'm on I have things that are in the works but nothing to advertise right now um I am mostly the, the best place to find me would be there um when yeah. you're I'm I'm right now just currently full time mom and trying to figure that out how to do that. In and of itself, with uh, two young kids. Yeah, um, yeah. When you, I know that you're working on a cookbook. You've got all these great recipes. When that's ready, please let me know how I can support you. And if you end up releasing it, oh, it's, oh, it's out. out. Yeah, it's it's oh, already oh, out. Yeah. yeah, it's um, I believe. So the the pro the reason I can't I don't know the link. We'll so Kyle used to have after, a yeah. website. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's it's been out for probably two, maybe two years. Um, but we we when he changed his website, I, see, I haven't. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, it's they didn't we'll, put it we'll on there. We'll make sure that we we get people over there because you cooked for me for a few days. We didn't okay. even get into what you did to take care of yourself before, during, and after pregnancy. But that's on everybody's mind right now. And I know you do a lot of keto. Okay food prep, you guys eat a lot of organ meats, but you know, what I think is most elegant about your, uh, the way that you feed your family is that there's a, there's a real balance. You're not always eating keto. You're not always eating organ meats. You're really balancing it out. And sometimes you guys indulge, which is perfectly responsible and, and a, a great way to live your life. Mm-hmm. I think people, they see you. I mean, you're, you're a former UFC ring girl. You're married to Kyle Kingsbury, who is like the most a beautiful Greek sculpture Adonis of a man mm-hmm. I've ever met. Adonis. Yeah, I know that's not the first time you've heard that, but you know, you guys are living a life that is truly rich with experience, but also with like just healthy stuff. I mean, I was in your house and I was like, man, they've got like this sauna here. They've got this cold plunge tub. You're feeding me, you know, head cheese that is delicious. I never even knew I liked head cheese, you know, or was it lead cheese or was uh-huh. it a it sounds what so gross. Head cheese. It's yeah, head cheese, yeah. yeah. And so um, maybe we'll yeah. do another edition and we can talk all about cooking and diet and everything else because you guys are really doing something right. And uh, I remember I took like a list of things. Here's a list of things that I have to buy when I get home. And I've bought most of them. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I'm making your mousse tonight yeah. uh, or tomorrow morning if I if I don't have time tonight. But um, yeah, well. Yeah, let me know if you if you have any questions, okay. just reach out. I'll I be will. happy to, to give you any, right any pointers. Tosh Kingsbury, thank you so much for coming on The Holistic OBGYN. I am so grateful for you, and I hope that we can stay in touch soon or be in touch soon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, we will. Thank All you, right. Nathan. Bye, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Girl dad. Through I can't through. wait to, to meet the little babies. Yeah. I love you too. I love you. Well, that was one of the greatest interviews. I've ever been a part of, especially as the host. Thanks again, Tosh, for doing that. If you guys haven't yet gone to waveblock.com, go there, buy some EBF, EMF, mitigation stickers for your earbuds, for your cell phones. Use code BELOVED to get 10% off. You can also go to Bioptimizers, thebirthdeck.com. You go to Mitozen Scientific, Quicksilver Scientific, Essential Oil Wizardry, and Serenity, Serenity Foods a uh, paleo baby food company, all using the code BELOVED. You'll get a fat discount at checkout. So please check out supporters of the show. My name's Nathan Riley. I am the Holistic OBGYN. We're just getting rolling here, people, with this podcast. So um, thank you for tuning in. And please share amongst your friends. If you haven't yet, go to iTunes. Give it a five-star rating. It really helps us out in rising in the ratings and getting more of these important voices out. We're here to fix women's health care. we got to get these voices out there. So help me out. Help us all out. Love you, fam. See you next time.